0: I want to talk about uh, trials, temptations, and tests uh, from the Lord. Wow. Father God, I just thank you for your word. Speak to us uh, during this uh, time that we have. Help us with your word and help us to truly rise with your word and be great according to your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Question is, why do we always wait until we get into serious trouble and problems before we listen to God? Why don't we just go the easy way? Now, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to myself as well. We all do this. Just like what Ruth said tonight, God's wanting to get her somewhere, but she didn't want to listen. So she goes through a whole lot of trouble, and then she finally realized, okay, I'll just go this way. And then God blesses. I want to let you know this, that trials come from decisions made by men. Temptations, they're from the devil. Tests, that's from God. Trials are troubling times that come into our lives. They're difficult times. Some of it um, as a result of the decisions we've made. And others are because of the decisions others have made and we're affected by it. The difficult times. Hard times. caused by men temptations on the other hand come from the devil and he's only a challenging one thing in your life he's never changed his tactics he comes to you to test you and to make you want to change what you know and believe about god what you know in the scriptures to change your mind that's his whole thing he goes with the same trick, did God say? You know what God says, but he applies pressure upon your flesh. And he, all he wants is for you to make a decision against what you already know, what you know is right, what you know God has given to you, what God has spoken to you. He applies pressure to make you want to change your mind. And that's what he does. All he's doing is to challenge you. If you are the child of God, then he wants you to do something that you know God doesn't want. And he applies pressure to your flesh. That's all he's after. But now with tests, that's coming from God. And all God wants to know, do you love me more than this? Said that to Peter. Do you love me more than this? He'll try Abraham. That's a test. Test from God. All God wanted to know, would you, are you going to love me more than anything else, more than this, your beloved son? That's all he wants to know. And the test will really, all of these are difficult times for us as humans. You have to come up with a decision. What are you going to do? Am I going to listen to God? You don't really know what the outcome is going to be because he doesn't tell you. But when God puts you through a test, your decision will decide whether you stay in the wilderness or you enter into the promised land. Because there's always a promised land when he's testing you. Once he is determined, yes, I can trust you. I know you truly love me. The heavens are open. He begins to do business with you. So that's uh, with regards to test. Now, why does God allow trials, temptations, and tests? Four reasons. First, because he loves us. He wants to see you whole, healed, and live in the abundant life. The second reason, he just wants to get your attention. He wants to get your attention. Third reason, he wants you to be fully yielded to him. No other thing is as important as himself in your life. He will allow temptation to drive you to that place. He will allow trials to come into your life to drive you to that place. And then the fourth thing is, he just wants you to love him. You go through difficulties. (laughs) You don't know where it's coming from. You're going through that hard time and you're crying out to God because of the pressure. And then he delivers you from it and promotes you. And then you'll really love him. Amen? He just wants you to love him. Now I'm going to deal with the first one tonight and then see how far I can go for the next hour. He loves us. We can see him. We can see the enemy. Sometimes we can't even tell what's going on in our hearts. Sometimes we don't even know what we really want. And the world is really noisy all around us. And sometimes we are so busy doing our own thing that we think is the right thing to do. And we pursue it with all of our heart. He's wanting to change your direction. All he's doing, because he loves you, what he's doing is to allow trials to put you in that path that he's prepared for you. That's all he wants. It will allow the trials to come into your life. The trials are not to destroy you. You're going to go through the trials. But when he's through, he'll have you exactly where he wants you. Just to bless you. That's who God is. He's the God of love. He is love. God cannot help himself. He blesses. He wants to bless. And so he gets you in the place where he can release his blessings upon us your life but the trials are not designed to hurt you or to destroy you it's just to get you where he wants you to be so that he can heal you make you completely whole and put you in a place where you will enjoy the abundant life that jesus brought from heaven now first corinthians chapter 10 you know to just to expand on this first corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 tells us this It says, no temptation has taken you except such as is common to man. So no matter what the temptation or trial or test is common, you're not alone. Many times when we're going through difficult times, we tend to think we're alone. Someone else, somewhere in the same city, probably in the same church, is going going through exactly what you're going through. God allows it, and he's trying to get you somewhere. The stronger you hold to your ways, the stronger you decide in your mind that you're not going to go where God wants, the longer the trial. If you yield, then God will get you out of it. Sometimes we've dug ourselves so deep, it takes a long time before God can really minister to us and get us to where he wants us. Says, no, te- no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to men. You, you're not going through it by yourself. Someone else is going through it. Someone else has gone through it. Someone in the church, the same church where you are, is been through it, and they have come to the other side. You always come to the other side. The timing, the time involved is really up to you. When you're going to listen. So all this. Uh, trials are common regardless of what you're going through. It says, but God is faithful. Faithful in what sense? God is faithful to you because he loves you. He has a relationship with you. You are his child. He'll take care of you. He's faithful to his mercy. God is a merciful God. He's a compassionate God. He he is not in the ministry of destroying people. He's in the ministry of helping people. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 tells us that. He says, I'll help you. I will hold you up with my righteous right hand. He'll hold you up. That's who God is. So the trial, he allows it so he can get to the place where you give him your hand so he can hold you up and get you where he wants you. So he allows it so that you can get away from whatever could cause trouble and destroy your life. God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. So, that says you are able to go through the test. No matter what that test is, God knows you can go through it. It's not a strange thing. Now, this is the way I see it. If God allows you to go through a very difficult test, that means he really trusts you. Amen? He really trusts you. This is I know this guy, he can go through it. If the test is big, what God has for you is really great. It's really big. (laughs) If you're dealing with just little tests, you haven't started yet. (laughs) You're still in diapers. A little waiting for your milk is a bad thing for you, so you cry out, right? God will only allow a test that you can handle. No matter what the test is, no matter how difficult it is, if you keep complaining and asking God why, why do I have to go through this? Well he's already seen it fit that you can handle it. So he won't allow something that you cannot go through. It says but with each temptation he makes a way of escape that you escape that you may be able to bear it. In other words, you cannot last the temptation regardless of what it is. You cannot last the trial. He has made it possible for you to at last the trial. It's not designed to hurt you. He provides a way of escape. Sometimes we get ourselves in things that are so difficult you can't get out of it. You pray, you do whatever, and, and sometimes it takes just God just bringing the man in. That's your escape. Maybe there's something going on in secret. And you want to be free. Nothing else has helped. We've seen that happen. God, I believe, is in His his mercy. He'll expose it sometimes to the whole nation. So you can get out of it. You wonder why. He waits tries everything, is patient with you to help you get to the second place, to the place where he wants you to go. And if you're not going to listen, he's going to make it so hard where you listen, at least your soul will be delivered. And maybe your latter years will be better than the first. But he's not just doing it to hurt you. It's to preserve your soul and to help you to be healed, to be whole, and so you can enjoy the abundant life that He's promised us. So that's what God does for us. So he's not, he's not intending to hurt us. He tells us in uh, John chapter 16, verse 33, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. What he's saying is, no matter what you're going through, you can beat it. It's not going to destroy you. God allowed it, but he's going to put, take you to the other side. He has uh, th- He has actually neutralized the effect of whatever the enemy is planning. The enemy will not get his way. He's taking you out. But what we need to re- understand is these things I have spoken to you that... In me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. That tells you troubles will come. Difficult times will come. That's the way God has programmed it. That's the way he walks with us. These things will come. In the world, you have tribulation. But what will bring you peace is what he has spoken to you. These things I have spoken to you that in me you will have peace. Your peace will depend on what you know that he's spoken to you. That's why it's so important to get into the word of God. His peace doesn't mean absence of difficulties or problems or trying times. He gives you rest because you know what he has spoken to you. And his word will not return to him void. You will have total unrest and a lot of anxiety and a lot of questions because you don't know his word. You can't have faith in his word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God does everything that he does through, through his word. He said, these things, whatever he was telling them, them, these things I'm saying to you because you need them in times of difficulty. Tribulations will come from the world. People will make decisions that's going to affect your life. They'll make decisions that they don't want you to have your job anymore. But God may have allowed that because he has something better for you. But you may not be able to handle it if you don't know his word. You can't have faith for the next level if you don't know what he has promised you. So Jesus was telling them, I have overcome the world. No matter what the world throws at you, God can neutralize it and turn it into something good for your life. It may appear in the natural that you're going down. But because you know God's word and you retain his peace in your life his peace will get you to the place where god has promised you god cannot lie god cannot lie what you're going through is actually taking you when it's a difficult time god is actually taking you to the next level it may be tough now think about joseph god gave him a dream right then he went through this difficult time. It's like he was dive going further down, finally winding up in prison. No natural man will see that as the way to, to his, his dream. But God allows those difficult times in your life. And if you don't know his word, and these things were written according to, to the word of God, they are written for us so that we can know the way God works. Well, I don't know how I would have handled it if I were Joseph, right? Every day I would say, "God, where did those dreams come from?" Then, I thought they came from God. Now I'm not too sure <laughs> because he didn't have uh, First Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirteen to read, right? <laughs> to help him understand what's going on, but we do. And it's the word of God that gives us peace. I tell you what: before God does anything, peace usually it goes ahead of it. You first retain your peace, amen. When you really believe God for a miracle, and, and you're sure God's going to give you your miracle, before you go to church, everyone is says, "Ah, oh, well, they're worried. Oh, it's something. And we just hope that God." that you are at peace because you know. Right? You know, God's going to do something about it. And so you're not worried. In me, you have peace, but it's as a result of what he has spoken to you. A lot of Christians are having a lot of difficult times and running from pillar to post looking for help just because they don't know what God has said. And if you don't know what God has said, you can't have faith in what he has spoken and the Holy Spirit is our helper. Amen. I'd like you to say an amen to that. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He'll take what? He'll take what you already know from the word. And that's what he uses to bring encouragement to you during difficult times. While the enemy is telling you you're going down, the Holy Spirit says that cannot happen. That's never gonna happen unless God doesn't exist. He is the God. And sometimes even in your sleep, God is ministering to you during times, difficult times, letting you know everything is going to be well. Amen? He's really trying to help us. The trials are there to help us. You know, I don't know if I can get to that. Uh, It's a little back there in my notes. But if you're squeezed, whatever is in there will come out, right? Oh, oh, yes. when you're squeezed whatever is in there will come out and so God squeezes you so that what, doesn't, what he doesn't like will come out first and he says oh. maybe you need to be squeezed so that whatever was there that wasn't good comes out and then God can replace it with something good so the next time you're squeezed something good comes out and your promotion follows. Amen? You see, what God does, He wants first for you to hear His voice. To listen to Him. Sometimes we're too busy. All kinds of things happening. We got a lot of input. And, and people telling us things about what's going on. And how things will turn out. We're not able to listen. But how many know that when things are really tough, you always find time to pray, right? You guys are really spiritual. I do that a lot. <laughs> when things are really tough, I spend a lot of time praying. And I want to hear from the Lord. I mean, I mean you have done that. I'm trying to hear from the Lord. Before, when things were okay, I'm just going my way and feeling led by the Lord. But when things are really difficult, I've got to hear the Lord, right? And that's where He draws you close to Himself. Gives you the peace. And the Holy Spirit begins to minister His word to your heart. And and the, the, the most precious thing that the Holy Spirit does, He speaks to you, calling you, my daughter or my son. I, I mean, you've heard that. The Holy Spirit speaking to you. That's very comforting to me when He does that. He says, my son, everything is going to be fine. And I'm... When I really believe that, I'm excited. I'm thinking, tomorrow things will change. And then the next day comes, and then evening comes, and nothing's changed. Then I seek him even more. Because he wants you to hear his voice, and for you to listen to him and yield to him. So he's not out to to hurt you. He wants to bring you peace. And because no matter what the, the trial is, The end result is going to be your promotion. That's why the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, no matter what he says in all these things, what are we? We are more than conquerors. They are not designed to hurt us. They are designed to really make us stronger in God and for God's will to be done in our lives. Just to put us in the right place. That's why James, uh, I used to really have a lot of difficulty with this scripture, the next scripture I want to share with you. That's James chapter 1 verse 2 and 3. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I'm not saying you're being joyful when you're having trouble. You see, somebody come to church, pastor. I'm really excited today. Oh, today is a wonderful day because I have a lot of trouble. I'll, I'll go in my office and say, "God help him." I think he's lost his mind. Uh-huh. Nobody does that, but that's what James says. Count it all joy. When you fall into various trials. And it says the same thing that Jesus said. Be of good cheer. You're going to have troubles, tribulations in the world. But be of good cheer. Be happy. Why? Because he's overcome the world. Amen? No matter what the enemy throws at you. Regardless of what he's planning to throw at your life. He won't succeed. Not if God has something to say about it. And God always has something to say about it when you are his child. He's got something to say. Be of good cheer. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So the trial is there to help you know that you are just going through the valley of the shadow of death. You are not camping there. You're going to come out on the other side. It's going to be okay. The trial is usually for a season. And when God is through with what he's wanting to do, you get your promotion. You enter into your promised land. The second thing that god wants to do a uh with trial is to get our attention and i have alluded to this sometimes we're so busy doing our own things sometimes we plan our own career and we say this is the way it's going to be because you've already calculated up we plan a lot and we just focus on the plans and we believe and we, ask, we believe God's going to help us, and we're asking him to bless our heart's desire, what we're planning. And then when it doesn't work and things go the wrong way, we are a little disturbed as to what's really going on here. But God may just be, he'll allow trials and difficulties just to get your attention so that you can hear him and turn to the way that he wants you to go. I know you know the story of Jonah. Jonah, God wanted Jonah to do to go to Nineveh and preach. And he didn't want to go. And he had his own plan. He got in a ship and he's going to run away from God. <laughs> to me, I've never seen anything that stupid. Well, how can you run away from God? He knows he sees everything. But he was running away from God just because he didn't want to do what God had told him to do. And we have a way of doing that. We can come up with all kinds of excuses why we couldn't do what God wants us to do. Why we don't we don't want to go that way. But God got his attention and pulled him to the place where he wanted him to go. It's such a funny thing. I, I've always I need you to read that book again. I found something different from uh the things that I've been Hearing and watching, it's like the the uh, fish, the big fish, took Jonah to Nineveh, and just vomited him at the show. How many of you felt feel that way? That's what happened. Is it just me? <laughs> that's what I've always heard. He took, kind of took took him to the place where God wanted him to preach. That was the, that's not what happened. I don't know where the fish vomited uh, Jonah, but God put him somewhere and gave him another chance whether he will obey or not. The second time, God came to him and said, I want you to go. And this time, after the trial, he was ready to go. (laughs) He was ready to go. That's what he wants. So you can obey him. Sometimes to save other lives and sometimes to save your own life and to bless you. The trials will get us to that place. If you have been in a fish's belly because you didn't listen, you jump the next time you hear. You do whatever God wants you to do. So he wants us he wants to hear him and to follow through with what he wants us to do. And the main thing is that we will choose his way, what he wants us to do. Thirdly, he wants us to be fully yielded to him. Fully yielded to him. We are living in very difficult times today as Christians and I see a lot of things happening among Christians and it's really frightening and uh, I'm not too sure what's going on in the United States but I think uh, there's a lot going on in the church and I wonder what the difficulties we're experiencing across The nation is not uh, as a result of the fact that Christians are really not listening to God the way they should. I hear strange things as people, you know, uh, sharing drinks and studying the Bible at the same time. I never heard of things like that in my entire Christian life. How can you be drinking and studying the Bible at the same time? I don't understand that. Christians just do whatever they want to do. You can't tell the difference anymore in some situations. Um, It's pretty frightening. It's pretty frightening what's going on in the church. You wonder whether there is still that great fear of the Lord in the heart of believers. No fervency. What about the word of God that says To the church, I have something against you because you've lost your first love. Is that something that means something to Jesus? I think it does. If you go back from what you used to be when you got saved, something has happened to you. Some Christians call that maturity. (laughs) I call that a little backsliding. If you build again the things that you've destroyed, the Bible says you have found a transgressor. So there are things that you let go or things that you were doing because you came to God and you loved God. Every time the doors of the church opened, you, you were there. But now other things are coming. How, who is more important in your life? What about your prayer time? How many Christians really in a week spend a total of one hour praying? Think about it. I said a total of one hour for the whole week praying. We're really busy. We're really busy. We tell ourselves, God understands. And so, how does God get our attention? He allows difficult times. When troubles come into your life, guess what you do? You pray. You pray. And if it's really hard, you fast as well. (laughs) I've done that too. And all is because He loves us and He's trying to get our attention so that we can seek Him with all of our heart to be fully yielded to Him. Whatever he desires from us, to be fully yielded, to love him with all of our heart. Now, listen to these words. Luke chapter 14, verse 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Yeah, the word there is Cannot. Many times I have to remind myself that there were ten virgins who know the parable. Did I say ten? (laughs) Ten virgins, five were foolish, five wise. Five didn't make it, according to that parable. Not because they were sinning; they just didn't have enough oil in their lap. You only have one life to live. You can determine your future by how fervent you are with God and the things of God and how you follow God. I know one thing, that God is a faithful God. He honors those who honor Him. As simple as that. How do you honor God? By just doing the things he's commanded. You know, the Bible says very clearly, and I don't believe in beating people with the word of God, I, I have to obey God and do what he told me to do, share with people. That's all I can do. Decision is up to the people. The Bible says that we should meet more often because the days are very close. As you see the day approaching, He said we we should meet more often. Today is really hard. We feel like we're so busy. And I keep thinking about people in the rest of the world, uh, some parts of the world, they don't have cars. They're living in our time. They don't have cars. Some of them don't even have bicycles. And then they walk probably six miles to get to church and walk back to their home six Six months after that. After the service. And they're pleased to be in church. And to worship their God. That's why I'm asking. Are we too busy to spend a total of one hour. Praying to God. In one week. I'm glad you guys are here tonight. Maybe we should be speaking to the Sunday crowd. <laughs> but. But. Like I said, I've often said this, we are not running a group race. You see, Jesus said, who loves wife, husband, father? We're not running a group race. He separated wife from the husband. You can love anyone more than himself. If you love your wife more, that's if you're not devoted to his work because your wife said so, or you're afraid of your wife, you've put your wife ahead. some man said he was going to divorce his wife. That's a strange one. He was going to divorce his wife because he believes now that he's he's put his wife ahead of God. So to get rid of this pain, uh, he lied. He was going to get rid of his wife. But that's not what God is saying. No, get rid of your wife. Just straighten up and do what God asked you to do. Make him first in your life. Amen. These things have serious consequences. It's better for us to be prepared before difficult times come than to hurry up with our prayer and expect a miracle when difficult times are already here. It's really tough. This is time for preparation to believe God. All He wants from us, that's the fourth thing, is for us to love Him. Love Him. Uh, I'm reminded and I'll close with this uh, Jesus after he rose from the dead he put, took Peter from the rest of the crowd and it was a one to one thing and he was asking Peter do you love me more than this So remember that and Peter said yes Lord I love you you know I love you ask him a second time what, ha- what how would you feel if the Lord would pull you aside today and ask you the same question I believe you want to tell him that you love him as well but his, his reply to Peter after Peter spoke the third time he showed him how he was supposed to give his life up for the gospel And these things are written for our examples. Are you willing to give your life up for the gospel tonight? If Jesus would ask you to do that tonight, are you willing? If you say you're willing and you cannot spend one week, I mean a total of one hour a whole week spending time with him, I wonder about your willingness. It's our duty to pray. It's our duty to share the word of God with others. He commanded us to do that. All these things are very important. I don't know what's going to happen on the day of judgment, but every one of us really need to think about these things. These things are very important. And your rise and fall in the kingdom would depend on how much love you have for the Father. Please stand with me tonight. God is so merciful. God is so good. He's shown me great mercy too and He's shown you great mercy. We need to love Him. We need to love Him. We need to be excited about serving Him. We really need to. Not because Pastor said that spend some time meditating before God and thinking about how much he loves you, things will be well for us. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord tonight. So, regardless of what you're going through, God has allowed it and He's allowing it because He has something good for you in the future. Don't get bitter, be thankful, don't complain. Thank Him for it. The longer it takes, the greater the miracle God has in store for you in the future. Rejoice in that because He loves you. He is love. He cannot change Himself. Jesus is love. If He's allowed something terrible to happen to you, it's just because He loves you and He wants you in the right place where He can stretch His loving arms and pull you to Himself and put his strong arms around you to protect you, to care for you, to meet every need so that you will continue to be thankful and to love him. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for your great kindness. We thank you for your great love that will never depart from us. It's always there for us. We can never fail. We are more than conquerors regardless of what the enemy is throwing at us. The enemy cannot defeat us because he has been defeated and we know who we are are in Christ. We are your children, O God, and you've loved us. And even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because we know you are with us. Your rod, that's your word, and your staff, the spirit of the living God, is with us. And Lord, we do know that you are preparing a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And you've anointed our heads with oil. We know that, Father. Lord, we will bask in your presence. We will enjoy your love. We have that abundant life that you've given to us. It cannot be taken from us. We we'll rejoice in you tonight. Bless your people according to your word. Lift up, lift the burdens away from us, O oh God. Lord, help us go through the temptations and the trials and the tests tests, so that you can reach out to us and bless us. Give us visions of victory tonight, even in our sleep. We thank you, Father. We love you, O God. In Jesus' name. God's people said, Amen. God bless you.